Well, Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome to a new year here at the Blue Ribbon Podcast. Um, well, it's been an exciting day. We, we hit a thousand subscribers on YouTube uh, for the first time. Uh, so looking forward to hitting, you know, 50, 60, 70,000. That'll be awesome. Um, hope everybody had a good, safe new year. I have been uh, going through my honeydew list, so I've been I've been painting and fixing and all that kind of stuff. So um, we you are need, going. You need go to go ahead. back to work so you can get a break, <laughs> right? Right. Um, so I'm going to. Uh, I was looking back through our feed, and we did a year end of 2019 uh, episode. And I'm going to play just a couple of minutes of that because I found it to be very uh, enlightening, some of the stuff that we said. So this will kind of put us in the way back machine here. And uh, let's let this play for a second. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the podcast. We are getting ready to rip roar into the roaring 20s. We want to talk a little bit about goals and planning and New Year's resolutions. Um, I think... You know, if we could take a second, you know, 2019 was a rough year for a lot of people, and we more than doubled the size of our fleet in 2019. So we're kind of the the anti-story compared to what was happening in the industry with almost a 1,000 carriers going out of business, and, um, you know, it was really dark for a lot of people, and we had a great year. You know, we... Uh, you know, I mean, you, you can qualify it just about any way, but 2019 for Blue Ribbon uh, was a successful year. And, you know, we we learned a lot. We, we had a lot of experiences that, that taught us a lot of good lessons. But, um, you know, we're not crying in our soup right now. We're, we're, we're pretty fired up about going into 20. So um, you got anything you want to say about 2019 before we get into 20? Well, I mean, I, I do. Uh, 2019, um, you know, it, it, it had its challenges, by all means. Uh, we worked harder to, um, you know, to keep our driver average pay as, you know, as, as close as we could to 2018. It wasn't quite as good, but 2018 was a really, really unusual year, you know. But, yeah. look, between around 900 trucking companies went out of business last year 900 okay um we not only did we not go out of business not we didn't even stay the same we we grew in 2019 um but we have said this look our business model allows our allows us to function profitably in any market environment you know, we just proved it. We yep. just proved it. You know, um, our drivers made what we said they were going to make. Um, we were profitable. We grew the business. We, we added trucks. We're still adding trucks. You know, 2020, depending on who you talk to, the outlook is similar to 2019. There, you know, there's starting to be a little more optimism. Boy, did we only know. <laughs> optimism in the second <laughs> second half of the year, you know, Um about uh, capacity and rates starting to equalize, you know. Um, but, you know, if it does, great. If it doesn't, you know. Look, people, I, 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 get, I just get tickled at these people to get on Facebook and complain. There's a guy on there, 
I called 24 loads <laughs> and couldn't get one. So uh, I thought that was just. By the way, we're both wearing the same shirts today that we were wearing. <laughs> We didn't plan that, by the way. It looks like it anyway. It's not. I was brand new, so it wasn't. But it looks, yeah. looks exactly like it. Though. Well, you know, I, I, it's it's interesting to me that you know, 2019, because we came out of 2018, right, which was just the biggest year on record, and you had a lot of people that got a, a serious wake up call in 2019 that that things were 2018 was not. Um, uh, normal is like a bunch of people thought oh, i'm finally getting what i'm worth you know and you know 900 to a thousand companies went out of business and we grew you know and we recorded that i think let me look here i think it was january 19th so you know what about six weeks before the shit hit the fan you know um so i did you know i just i wanted to i wanted to put that on the record you know, for, for people that hadn't seen it, because we're about to say a lot of the same stuff. We grew the fleet. People, you know, were just having a terrible time and we just kept on trucking, you know? And, um, and so, you know, obviously 2020, uh, I didn't see that one coming, you know? Uh, but yeah, we've, we've now practically doubled the size of the fleet again. Um, so, you know, I guess let's start, you know, March, end of February, 1st of March is when the alarm bell started sounding. And by the, by the end of March, boy, it was looking, it was looking bad, you know, and we went back and looked at the numbers and, it, and you said it was down about 25%, right? March, April, May. Yeah. So March, April, May, the gross revenue was down. 25% and not only was it down 25% but getting keeping the trucks loaded um you know gosh I bet you there were days we made a hundred phone calls oh you know uh, I know we did <clears throat> and I, I would book I use I usually spend about two hours in the morning three hours maybe booking all the loads for the drivers that I dispatch okay during that three or four month period, I wasn't finished at three o'clock in the afternoon doing what I normally would be done with by 10 o'clock in the morning. So, because, you know, like I mentioned in another thing, make, I can make 20 phone calls and have the whole fleet booked. Oh, I can yeah. make 20 phone calls then and I have one low booked, you know. So, um, yeah, I was, can remember, I don't remember who it was for. It's for one of the drivers. And I booked a load and it canceled and I booked it again and it canceled again. And and they they call me back. Hey, it's on one. I'm like, well, okay, good. And and then they call me again, and it's it's off again. And I said, I'm not doing this again. I'm gonna go find something else. And and just having to call and call and call and call. Nope, canceled. You know. And I mean, it was just the whole market was on fire. Um, but you know, think about. You know, I'm trying to think back. I never had a a, a horribly. Uh, prohibitive truck payment when i was leasing a truck the expenses were high but when i owned the truck my truck payment was 1275 but man a 25 percent reduction in revenue would it that that would have that would have done me in you know I, i'd have been i'd have been up up the creek um so so we get 
March, let's see, March, April, May, about 1st of June, it really started to turn around. And by, I'd say by the end of the June, um, man, the rates were, were back up in 2018 territory and really haven't shown much sign of slowing down. And I'm wondering, you know, I don't know if we'll ever know, is, is it, is it really the freight levels? Is it, is it, was it not enough capacity? Are there still people sitting at home? Because you don't seem to have the narrative like we did in 2019 about all the companies that have gone out of business. You don't seem to hear that much in the trucking media now like you did then. So I don't know where they went, you know. So I don't know if it really was a capacity problem or we, I mean, I remember maybe it was February. There was this lady that put a video out on Facebook. She was a container driver out of the port of L.A., and she's like, y'all got to look at this. See, these ain't no, there's no containers. I mean, she's like, they're usually stocked up eight high here. And they, and where they had shut down shipping from China. And I guess it probably took six months for that to really come back. So, you know, um, <clears throat> did you make a list when we were talking the other day? Because I completely, we had some talking points and I completely, I didn't have anything wrote down. I know we wanted to talk about the drop in revenue. Um, well, so the, the big thing again is that we were able to continue to grow and be profitable in probably the worst, you know, economic downturn that I've been through. Well, I, eh, I guess it was. So even when the fuel prices were high, the red, the rates didn't get like this. So it it um this will make the third I went through one in 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 o nine and in fourteen and now in twenty twenty and I'm sure this one probably was the worst one but um you know the the big picture the big message here is that you know it, it look our goal is to take people who are first time business owners first time owner operators and and show them a way to do this with minimal risk minimal risk because people who were doing this the the standard way the, had a lot of trouble this year in March April May I'm sure um and our model it it, it it's not affected by that that much i mean i was just looking through our some of our average, you know, we're, you know, we're doing, you know, easily uh, seven, eight thousand. Some of you, nine thousand. Um, some of you, ten thousand a week right now in gross revenue. You know, during that March, April, May, we were struggling to get four, five, and six. You know, so yeah, it was affected. But the bottom line is, it didn't put us out of business. It it didn't affect it, it. We could still haul freight and still make money. We didn't have to send the trucks to the you know home and the drivers home. Everybody stayed working. Everybody made money. You know, um, and when you throw in the little Landstar incentive that they gave us, that and I, I passed that a hundred percent through to the drivers. So that kept them within a couple of hundred bucks yeah. of what they were used to making. You know, so. Um, you know that I think that's the big message is that is that you know this again is proof of concept that doing it this way it just removes all the risk or a big 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 part of the risk. It still I mean still can mess up, but 
you know, the chances of you, you know, having to, um, you know, having to, having to go out of business because of the economy tremendously goes down when you don't have debt and when you don't have um, a super expensive truck, you know. And we, we were hauling freight for a buck fifty a mile and making money, you know, where a lot of guys just could not do that. They just could not haul freight for that amount of money. Something you, you talked so Landstar, to clarify that, Landstar um, did a program for a couple months where they would add $50 to each load. For the agent and the driver, $50 each. Yeah, so each would get, so we passed it on through to the driver. So I got to thinking about that this week, and I remember you had said a few years ago at the truck show, Landstar would have a theme, and one of the themes one year was one more load. Mm-hmm. And that the average BCO... I think you said was 1.5 loads a week that they hauled. Well, we were doing five, you know, that's our normal thing is five loads a week. And at that kind of utilization, we were passing $250 a week through to the drivers. If they were hauling five loads, you know, I usually had, I think I usually had three. Um, I had, I had a lot of direct customer dedicated freight and that, that didn't slow down at all. You know, uh, well, it kind of did. They try. The governor of Pennsylvania tried to shut them down, and and then they they all told him to have a coke and a smile. Um, so my I was really unaffected by by the whole thing, and um, uh, you know, it, it was so interesting to watch because I would start having really interesting conversations with people because you know I'm hauling windows, and so. I'm seeing the installers, and I'm thinking, okay, so what are you guys doing? And they're like, N- nothing different. You know, we're going to the houses, and we're finishing the projects, and we're putting in the windows and the doors. And I'm like, well, what are the customers like? And they're like, no different. You know, and so that was a big part of going through this uh, crisis of of seeing things that I just uh, can't unsee and having experiences. Um, it was interesting to watch um, – the market respond um, to this development, um, and, and of course, to see the truck stops, you know, um, well, some of their behavior was just absolutely abhorrent, you know, shutting down restaurants and stuff that, you know, I think I think this was a blessing for them because they can lower their costs, um, you know, so I'm not a big fan of how truck stops handled all this, but, you know, so now here we are getting ready to go into 21 a lot of unknowns a lot of people are um really because they don't know what's going to happen january 20th you know that's that's going to be the big thing and i got a bunch of people that believes it's going to go one way and a bunch of believes it's going to go the other way and i'm sitting here going i just don't care um it's going to go one way or the other or maybe they'll both just maybe they'll both just say i am the king um, you know, and, and, and we'll have two inaugurations. Wouldn't that be fun? Uh, <laughs> so can you think about any, I mean, obviously, um, digital communication was huge this year. Um, people, you know, uh, well, if you had stock in zoom, it'd been, it'd been good. You know, I think it's been interesting to watch, like I, I got a sister-in-law here, half mile away she hadn't been in the office in probably 10 months you know and I, I and i think it it's it's been nice to see i think companies probably were rest, rest what's that word 
reticent, reticent to let people work from home, thinking their product their production would go down. So I think we've learned that remote um, remote work works. You know, so that's kind of an interesting development. Have you seen anything interesting out of the market that that's come about in this that we didn't see coming? Mm, well, yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's all we our tolerance for not having to be face to face. You know, there a couple of years ago, you couldn't you couldn't pay a doctor to treat you over the phone you know oh, yeah or or you couldn't even refill a subscription or prescription i mean without going in first and doing an office visit you know now oh, they don't now they're like please don't come you know <laughs> you know stay stay home you know, well, well, you know so and and i mean my wife is uh, is a retired teacher and she still coaches student teachers you know i mean who whoever would have thought that you would have trained teachers through over zoom you know so I mean, the, I think the big thing is just our acceptance now that things don't have to be done, you know, in person. <clears throat> um, you know, my son is in a job where he used to travel three days a week, you know, and his company, a lot like ours, is still growing. They they they're doing very very well. The, he's in a logistics industry as well, just a little different aspect of it than we're in, but um, but. You know his his company hasn't suffered at all, and they don't travel at all. So, it 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 just goes to show you that we can we can adapt to when you know whatever the the the, the climate is and whatever the requirements are, and and still, you know, and still business as usual. You know, for the most part. Now, you know, obviously there's a lot of things that people do leisure wise that that are being affected right now, and uh, without getting too much into the politics of that, I think that's going to you know. Um, slowly get back to normal. I think the people are going to be very, very falsely secured by the idea that they can get a shot, you know, and, and be, be whole again and not have any risk and that sort of thing. But, um, you know, uh, the, on, a, on a little bit bigger scale, I, the thing that is frightening to me is that there's, if you had asked, if we had talked about this, say, two years ago, do you think that everybody, every American would give up as many liberties as we, as we oh, have given huh. up over what we've given them up for and it not require bullets and blood. And <laughs> I, 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 would have, I would have bet the farm. You know? uh, yeah, I 100% believe that the line was like way, 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 way back, you know, but okay, here's an, it's an interesting uh, perspective. And and when when in March, and they started talking about shutting down March Madness, and you know NASCAR's just started, they're five or six weeks in, and the NFL's just finished. And I'm thinking there ain't no way they're they're not going to put up with shutting down March Madness. And well, NASCAR fans will riot, right? And then they didn't. Well, I looked. And in 2019, about 10 million people watched March Madness. You know, you're Kentucky. You're in Kentucky. You've got blue blood running through your veins, you know. Hey, we won today. The basketball team and the football team both won today. So, You know, I thought there's no way. But then I went, okay, well, wait a minute. 10 million people watched March Madness. 20 million people watched Super Bowl. And about 4 million people watched NASCAR. That means there's 300 million people that don't give a rip. 
about any of that stuff, you know? And it was just such an interesting kind of uh, uh, observation that there are things put in front of us because they're sponsored and they're put into these big television networks and they're put in front of us like they're a big deal. And we're going, yeah, maybe it's not such a big deal. You know, who cares if the NASCAR race doesn't run? Who cares if there's not March Madness? Now, it's been a big deal uh, for kids sports. You know, that's, that's you know, here in West Virginia, um, Governor the Hutt, um, he, uh, he just shut down winter sports till, I don't know, March or something. And, and that's a line that we're creeping up on. People are getting really tall. And uh, <laughs> there was a video went around Facebook yesterday. They had a big shindig. The governor of West Virginia, Jim Justice, owns the Greenbrier Resort down in Lewisburg. And, buddy, they had themselves a good old-fashioned hootenanny uh, down there at the Greenbrier. And there was no social distancing and very little masks. And people are going, you, you shut down sports, but your place is look be booming, booming so yeah. oh yeah. yeah so yeah the 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 uh the unabashed uh hypocrisy of politicians has been a lot of fun to watch this year uh we got a great comment here let me throw this up here tyler nickham if i can ask as an owner operator were you willing to go below your operating cost to make do besides getting out of non-busy load lanes well that's kind of the great thing our operating cost is low so we didn't have to go below it now we went we went below a bunch of other people's operating costs, you know, um, but we didn't have to go. I don't know. I mean, maybe on a single load, you you know, you might say this is lower than, but you know, especially if a load canceled, you know, we still liked having two or three, four loads lined up, uh, and if one in the middle falls apart, then it's either deadhead or make something. You know, and and so we go look for ninety cent a mile or a dollar a mile, just to see if there's anything we could put in the trailer uh, to make up for that deadhead. Uh, but we we did some deadheading, you know, in that time. Well, there's there's two ways of looking at this. One, one is on an individual load basis, like you said. There, I mean, our strategy is we move the truck. Okay, now we don't have a problem taking a under it's really first of all you have to understand it's really 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 hard for us to take an under cost load you know i mean it it's it it it, it hardly ever happens we'll take an under desired quota load mm-hmm. uh, you know uh just to keep moving or to like like chris said overcome a, a cancel load or whatever but on a bigger scale, as a as a strategy or as a policy, uh, do we we run under cost? That's the whole purpose of doing the way we do it. Is we, our costs are minimal, you know. We are, you know, our equipment cost is is nothing, okay. And if you buy it the way we tell you to buy, it, you have no payment, so you have no equipment cost. Our maintenance cost is 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 very very low because of the modifications that we do in our maintenance program, and the type of trucks that we buy and the engines that we run. Our fuel cost is low because we buy fuel correctly we um get you know a better than average fuel mileage on a truck so everything we do is to keep our costs low for this very reason because when you're looking at the load board and you start filtering out loads based on your price we can still look look up and have 20 or thirty thousand loads on the board where someone has a high operating cost even if they know their cost per mile which i'm going to tell you that 95 percent of people in the own rubbers do not know that or don't really know it. They say they do, but they have no clue what it really is. 
Mm-hmm. They don't. They don't even know whether they can pull that load or not profitably. So I mean, you hit on a very, very good thing there. And uh, two things I would tell you is that, you know, don't do business like normal. Be a lunatic, and you don't have to worry about that. And number two, know your cost per mile. And um, and if you know that, then you you know whether or not you can take that load or not. And and uh, or you can look at it. Well, if I take this load for a dollar a mile, I'm not making any money, but it gets me to a load that's going to pay me five dollars a mile. Hell yeah, we're going to take it. You know, right. now we're not going to take it for you know 900 miles. We're going to take it for 250, 300, whatever we have to do to get on regular freight. But um, but yeah, you know, on a one-off situation, yes, yes. We we first of all, you got to become a good enough load planner to not put yourself in that situation. You know, I got a guy who lives in Florida. Okay, so to get him home for Christmas, I have to take a load to Florida. Now I would normally not do that because that puts me in the situation you're talking about. Now, fortunately, rates right now, we got him out tomorrow at $2.10, a mile, something like that. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but, uh, but everything else we're doing right now is $3 a mile, you know, and uh, up. So it's still less than what we would like to have. But we knew that going in. Now, now that he's not going to be going back home for a while, we won't be putting him in Florida. We did, we take Florida off our map. It will not even go there. And there's places we just stay away from because we know that to the, the rates coming out of there are lower than what we want to haul for. So we don't put ourselves in that situation, if that makes sense to you. So yeah. So there's two or three different concepts that you're hitting on. And one of them is don't get in that situation. But if you do, the worst thing you can do is sit there. You know, I know the guys at the liar's counter are going to go, oh, I don't, I don't load my truck for more than less than $8 a mile, you know, and I'm going to sit here until I get one. Well, th- that's fine, okay, except that three days from now you're still going to be sitting there because you didn't get that load, and now you can never make that time back up. You can never make that back up. So you go ahead and you put it in the wind, and, you, and, and of course, then the next thing is, well, I'll just fucking deadhead. I'm not even going to look for a load because I'm not hauling that cheap freight. So now you're going to come out of there with you paying the fuel instead of taking a load that would cover your fuel. So all these make a whole lot of sense if you're a moron, but if you've got any sense, you understand that that's just really stupid, stupid thing to do. Yeah. Well, it's, um, I found that because we have, because we have, especially through this, um, through this fleet thing, you know, it's something I didn't really think about when I was a solo. I had, I had direct customer stuff, you know, when, when I was by myself, but we've made so many relationships now, um, just because of the numbers when you got five and seven and eight and nine trucks and, and you're booking five loads a week, you know, and you, so you end up booking 35, 40 loads. You, you end up calling a lot of the same people and, and and it got to where when it was down that contract stuff the rate wasn't affected and so i could just go ahead and call an agent and say hey what do you got you know my truck is here and that made a big difference because sometimes one customer load would save the week you know plus the pandemic pay that landstar was given um you know it it made it to where uh the drivers could survive you know, um, because if it, if anybody was going to eat a loss, it really wasn't the driver. The driver was still getting paid 
um, it was more difficult on the company, uh, but it wasn't as difficult on the drivers. You know, hell, we hired two drivers, what, 1st of March or 1st of April? 1st of April. First, first well, of we, April. Hired, we hired one in February, and then we hired two more in April, 1st yeah. of April. And, I mean, they came in, and I said, well, here's the, here's the, uh, the upside of this. You're about to see it at its absolute worst, right? You know, right? And they did, you know, and, <clears throat> and I'm sure they're like, "The hell did I get myself into?" Uh, but but you got the. You know, I mean, if you're if you're still kicking after 2020, you've seen it about as bad as it can get, you know. And um, you know, if you made it through, uh, you've probably learned some lessons about things that you need to do going forward, especially now that the rates are really good. Now is the time to get up on that horse and ride. Um, but it's, you know, it's given us a lot of, uh, a lot of perspective and ways, just kind of different ways of looking at things. Um, and, you know, develop new relationships with maintenance. We've got a new shop we're working with that we really like. Um, and, uh, uh, so it's, you know, I, I can't. You know, there's some things in 2020 I'd rather not had to deal with, but you know, I I can't see it any um, you know any, any I can't see it any different. Um, let's see. Well, we got another comment here. Let's see. Are all your drivers company drivers or part owner operator with you? And sharing percentage if they bought a truck anywhere. Well, all of our drivers are company drivers. They're paid 25% of gross line haul um, off the freight bill. We really here, I mean, we, we could we could lease a, a truck to a driver, like sell them a truck and, you know, but that, you know, that would be kind of the end of the program. Our, our program is that you come here and you get to see behind the curtain and, and understand how Landstar works. Because what you have to understand is this is not easy. And uh, you cannot be a company driver and come here um, because you've had somebody doing all this stuff. Or they've done all the load planning for you. They've done all the dispatching for you. And you have to come here. Now you're the driver, the load planner, the dispatcher, the maintenance coordinator. And uh, it's a shock to a lot of people that they really struggle with not understand because they've never been exposed to that back office stuff. And now they are that. And so this is an opportunity for someone to come here and experience it with no, no, no personal financial risk. You're going to get paid, you know, as long as the truck's moving, you're getting paid. And so, and matter of fact, we had a driver, um, our best driver, um, had a, a, a catastrophic breakdown with one of the trucks and guys, a top money makers got great, uh, uh, great customer relationships, but it spooked him. And he was like, you know what? Maybe being an owner operator is not for me. And he decided to leave. And then he had a, a problem with a stupid drug clearinghouse thing. And he couldn't get qualified for the next job, and, and Larry was able to get him requalified. So he was out for a couple of weeks, and now he's back. And, 
And he he's told out, me, he's like. He's out for one week. One week, that's right. <clears throat> I got him back on Thursday, left on Friday. And. Or, uh, left on Thursday, got him back on Friday. Yeah. Um, but think about that. Here he was able to come and experience everything there is to experience at Landstar. The good, bad, the ugly. He, and you know, look at his numbers. He's, he, you know, he's top, top earner. Um, but he was able to say, eh, maybe this isn't for me. Well, that's a whole lot easier to do when you don't have a truck payment and you, you know, you're, you don't own a piece of equipment. Um, and so, you know, now he's back and, and I'm, 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 I love the fact that he's back because, you know, he's just, he's just number one, you know, um, but that's why we do this. We do this so that someone can come here and first just understand, can you operate in this system? Can you be that guy that is able to be that self-starter um, and and go make relationships and put all the loads together and do the trip planning because there's a lot of moving parts? Um and you know, and if you if you buy a truck and you've got a twenty five hundred dollar month truck payment, and then you come here and find out, oh wow, this sucks. I hate this. You know, I was I was talking to a you know a cousin of mine that was that was at Landstar. You know, came here with a paid for truck, stayed I don't know eighteen months, two years, and he was like, um, I I don't like this. You know, and he sold the truck, and you know. And I, I can't fault him for that. And I also don't call that a failure. You know, he, he didn't lose any money while he's here. He just didn't like the networking. He didn't like calling and booking loads. He, you know, well, that's that's a whole lot easier to find out once you've been here for a little while. Well, we talk about this all the time. And, and Tyler, I, I can kind of tell that you're probably a new listener because our whole program is based on the fact that we only we, we we don't offer we're not looking for people to come here and be become drivers. This is a this is a year year and a half program where you come and you find out whether or not you want to become an owner operator. We we put you on that path and show you how to do it where you don't become one of the nine out of ten who fail. But in, going back to something that you said there, Chris, you know, um, people think that that decision to buy their own truck. You know, they're, they're used, and we, we talk about this extensively with our guys, but, you know, they have been driving a truck for a year, two years. Uh, we've got guys that want to come here that have been driving for 20 years, okay? But they they know their job. They know what the job of company driver is, okay? And they just assume that when they go buy a truck, that's going to solve all the negative things that they don't like about their job. The big things are choosing my own loads, making my own decisions, not having to have this dispatcher. Those are usually the things that, you know, um, that in incentivize them to think about making that decision. But what we talk about here all the time is that that making the decision to buy the truck, that's just the, that, that's the tip of the iceberg. Because when you buy the truck, now you go from being an employee to an employer. You're self-employed now. And all of these other, this, this huge wake is now behind the boat that you didn't even think about. And you have no experience doing because most people have never booked a load in their life. They've never worked with a broker or an agent. You know, they've never been involved with compliance. They've never been involved with maintenance. All the things that they have to do now because their name is on the side of the truck. 
they're responsible for. Well, that's the part that they don't. And, oh, and by the way, while you're doing all that, you still got to haul freight because you got to make money. And so that's the, that's what basically overwhelms people, and they can't function in it. And so it's just then the the, the toilet starts twirling, and it's just a matter of how much money you came in with before it finally flushes it all the way out. And when it does that, it usually is a is a financial catastrophic event because they just don't take the trucks back without some sort of a you know, a, a financial hit to you, even if it's a, quote, walk-away lease. Mm-hmm. Uh, read how that works, okay? So it's, uh, it, it, it's a huge decision. That's what we're trying to do here is make people stop and think about everything that they need to know to not be. There, there's a reason why 9 out of 10 people who try this for the first time fail. There's a reason for that. Okay, that's not because they were stupid or weren't good uh, company drivers. They just didn't understand that the skill set that takes to function successfully in this business, they don't have those yet. Some do, rare, some do, and some people get lucky. You know, the, the, a, a, a stop clock is right twice a day. So some people get lucky and they, and, they, and they get through it. But most people are not going to get through it the first time successfully. And we're just trying to change that. We're trying to look. Think about this. Think about all these things that we're, you know, and, and the, the biggest thing we're trying to make you understand is that don't do things that increase your risk. Borrowing money to buy a truck increases your risk hugely, okay? Oh, yeah. Buying the wrong truck increases your risk hugely. Coming in undercapitalized increases your risk hugely. Not understanding how to buy fuel and tires and keep your costs down like Tyler asked about a while ago. If you can't keep your costs per mile down where you can haul freight, that affects you hugely. So we're just trying to, 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 instead of encouraging you to do this blindly, we're trying to make you stop and take a breath and do it the right way. You know, and in our opinion, the right way is to not do any of those things we just said. Certainly don't sign a lease purchase. That's the single most thing that you could do that, would, that you might as well just pull a gun out and shoot yourself. Okay, It'll be a quicker result. Uh, but the but the but the finality will be the same, okay? So, um, but but that's what we're doing here is we're just letting you come here and and, and as Chris said, peek behind the curtain and see all this works while you drive our truck. And by the way, we're going to help do all this stuff for you. You know, we don't throw all this at you from day one. Right. We feed it to you as you can handle it, but you get to see it. And like you said, one of, one of our, our best guy, you know, he's like, I just don't know that, you know, I mean, I thought this is what I wanted to do. But after going through this for a year, I don't really think that that's the best thing for me and my family right now. Well, that's, that's, not, that's not a failure by any means. Mm-hmm. I mean, for, actually, for that, that's a, that's, a, that's a win because now he knows that that's not what he wants to do at this point in time in his life. He didn't have to go through a bankruptcy or go buy a truck and fail and, and, and do all the, you know, all the, all the things that, there's, that, that, you know, that he'd have to undo to get out of it. Um, and now he's um, perfectly content to just drive for a while, and, and uh, he's making a way, way, way above average income here, you know. And so, uh, but that's fine. You know, that's fine. But that's, uh, that's what we're trying to do here is just to make you stop and think. Don't do it like everybody else does. Don't go, buy, don't go borrow money and buy a truck. Um, 
it, it's 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 um i mean you might get lucky maybe 2020 21 will be like 2019 and you make money whether you try or not but maybe maybe it's not right and are you willing to take that chance you know are you willing to bet that, that <clears throat> are you willing to bet that 2021 is going to be different than 2020 I don't yeah know. I mean, all right we've got a few more comments I hope here it isn't, but Chris Laird, do you provide the rate con to your company drivers? Yes, yes. we do. Um, Everything's transparent. Uh, we, because uh, everything here is done with email. There's no Qualcomm. I mean, there's a Qualcomm in the truck for ELD, but all communication with the agents goes through uh, email. And um, because remember, we're teaching you uh, through experience how to work the system and you know how to get you know how to get paid. You know, and, and, so, and let me and let me say this: we we do it at Landstar because that's the only place we can find that allows us to to do our business the way we want to do it. What we teach you here, although you will learn how to how to operate in the Landstar system, it doesn't have to be done at Landstar. You know, yeah, uh, it's just that that's where we like to be because it's the it's the the best place for us to be able to have this mentoring fleet and run business the way we want to do it, and. We really like Landstar. As much as we badmouth them, it, it still is the best company that we can find out yeah. there to lease trucks to. You know, so. so, Mark, I'm going to I'm going to answer a bunch of questions to hear that Mark. I've seen Mark comment on other videos. I think if I got this right, Mark's in Philly. Uh, been driving to local 25 years. The same company won't be my own boss. I'm researching becoming an operator. Well, you being your own boss is going to be the hardest, evil, most evil some bitch you've ever worked for. So, just understand that. Um, here, there's one caveat here, you know, in a situation like this, um, Landstar requires one year of over-the-road experience. Now, if you're running three or four states, and that's local, you know, to you, uh, so if you're in Philly and you're running, you know, Philadelphia, New Jersey, Maryland, uh, Delaware, you're probably going to be okay uh, to get qualified. Um, and I think, if, I'm th if I remember right, Mark had asked about, like, running containers, um, there's a little bit of that scattered about here and there, uh, mainly near port towns that I, I have seen some, you know, but it's very, very rare. But what I always like to highlight with Landstar is we pull vans because vans is easy, right? It's general freight, nothing specialized. You can come here and pull a van and make an adequate living as both a company driver and an owner operator. But then you have access to all the opportunities, uh, stuff that we just don't mess with. You know, we certainly could, but what we're, we're trying to, we're trying to keep the trailer loaded, give people the opportunity to learn the system. And then once they're on their own, they can, man, they can go specialize a van. They can specialize a flatbed, I've even seen a reefer here and there. You know, there are specific opportunities available once you have built the network and um, uh, and and the the customer base, and then you can look around and say, well, here's an opportunity. I'll go out fuck my trailer this way, and then I can go do that freight. Um, but the thing about Landstar is coming here and learning how to be an owner operator in a in a very good environment i had a truck leased to anderson trucking service when i first bought it i had leased a truck from them and then i bought a truck and leased it on there and i can't say a bad thing about anderson trucking service 
But when I left there to go to Landstar, and they was like, why are you leaving? And I'm like, because, guys, this is not the best environment for an owner-operator. Landstar is. Landstar has every possible tool available to you to get started. Now, if you want to come at, and, and, and work for Blue Ribbon and learn the system and then buy a truck and lease it on the Landstar and do that for a year or two, then you've got all kinds of different ways you can go. You know, get your own authority, uh, go lease to a different, whatever it is. But this is the place where you can come and learn all that necessary stuff um, in an environment that was made for that. So you got anything you want to add Well, to that? just think of it as learning the fundamentals here. You know, you're, it's one thing to branch off in some specialized thing, and that may work out, but it may not work out. The other thing is you can decide you want to do that, but until you develop that relationship, I mean, you know, it'd be one thing to say, okay, I'm going to go do this, okay, fill in what that is, you know, flatbed, double drop, whatever, whatever specialized trade you want to do. You just don't decide to go do that. You know, there's you've got to build those relationships. You've got to find out who's going to give you that freight. You've yep. got to get the qualifications. You've got to understand how that area of the business works. And, uh, and, and what, and look, there's a lot of flatbed guys right now pulling van. Okay. So we, we teach you for the fundamentals. Okay. Dry van is the fundamental. All right. There's always going to be dry van freight. You know, you may branch off and do AA and E and, and whatever. That's fine. But our belief is you come here, you learn the fundamentals first, because that way you can always fall back to it in case your endeavor doesn't work out that you decide you want to get into. Cause those little niches, you know, there's, there's, look, there's dry fan freight everywhere. That niche freight, you have to sort of learn how to get that freight. And uh, people that haven't aren't necessarily going to just tell you how they got it, you know. So you, you got to right. understand that you have to earn that. You know, you have to develop that relationship before you can go there. So um, that's why we do, you know, that's why we do it this way is that, you know, you learn, you know, the system works no matter what kind of freight you're hauling. You know, it all mm -hmm. works. So this way you understand the fundamentals, okay? If you can do drive van, you know, you can, as long as you can find the business, you can do any of the other things as well, okay? But that's just whether, whether or not you're willing to put in the time and effort to find that business, you know, because it's, it's out there, but it's not going to come knock you, you know, knock on your door. You're going to have to go find it. You know, and the best way to find Atlanta is find someone who's doing that and develop a friendship, you know, and, you know, them, they may not give you all their secrets, but they'll probably give you some direction to go to, you know. Yeah. Um, but that's, you know, look, Landstar is just the free market. It, it's just that everybody here has the opportunity, but nobody here has guaranteed results. You know, the opportunity is guaranteed. The results are not. So that's. White line transportation. Well, I got on an 80s hairband kick the other day and listened to a bunch of white line. Um, what would be a good average gross week for a blue ribbon truck? Well, there's three answers to that because there's three possibilities. Gross revenue, like when we talk about seven, eight, ten thousand dollars $10,000, we are talking about total revenue before any percentages are, are taken. Um, revenue to the truck is probably going to be somewhere between 4500 and 5500 to the truck. And if you're talking about driver pay, based on the percentage, the driver's going to be anywhere from probably 18, 18 to 2200 a week in this market. You know, so that's kind of the three answers because I'm not exactly sure which one of those you're talking about. But, you know, if we can do, you know, eight grand a week gross money 
everything else works itself out. The truck gets paid, the driver gets paid, and there's money left over. Well, and you got to understand what that gross. I mean, people use these terms, and, and, and you know, gross revenue is the amount of money that the truck generates in this situation for Landstar. Okay, and I'm now. You may or may not understand that, but we have a video about this, about how Landstar takes 35% of our money, okay? <laughs> so the gross revenue is before that, okay? So then the the um, the net revenue to the truck is that gross revenue minus 35%, okay? And then the net revenue to me as Blue Ribbon is that number now minus 35 minus the driver's pay. Then my expenses come out of that, and the net profit is what's left over. So let's just use the right terminology. But when you say average gross week, well, gross revenue is the money that the truck generated, in this case, for Landstar. So, and right now that's anywhere from eight to ten grand a week. So, I was muted. <laughs> uh, well, there. During the one to two year company driver time learning phase before becoming owner operator, are they provided medical insurance? No. Uh, I'm gonna let you take that one because you've got a really good explanation for that. Well, this. you know, here's this. First of all, we're a very small company. Medical insurance is expensive, and um, I mean, I guess we could do it. We could we could not pay you as much as we pay you, and then pay you in medical insurance. But that's to me, that's not transparent. And you have to understand what we're doing here is we're teaching you how to how to be quit how to quit being an employee and start becoming an employer. Okay, when you are the boss, when you own the company, when it's your business, there's no benefits there. The benefits are you. So it makes no sense for us to come in here and give you benefits. You know, when we're trying to teach you how to become an employer. So, no, we don't provide that. We, pro we pay you the top dollar we can afford to pay you, and then if you need medical insurance, that's just something you need to do. You know, I also don't buy your groceries. I don't pay your car payment. I don't do anything else. You know, that's, that's on you, you know. We, you're coming here to learn how to be a business person and how to go into business, and we're paying you as a percentage uh, of, of what the, the revenue is that, that is, is fair for your work with us, you know. We give you a really, really good job for a couple of years while you're learning. And by the way, the learning, as long as you stay here for more than 15 months, is free. Free. And so that's the benefit. Okay. Now we will give you a paid vacation because I can do that. And uh, but uh, that's about it. So I mean, if you're again, we got to understand we're not looking for employees here. We're not looking for long-term drivers. You know, we're not a trucking company. We're here to train you how to become an owner-operator and run your own business, and then hopefully you'll be so successful that you can buy your own insurance without somebody to buy it for you. That's the whole reason for going into business. You know, The reason I like being in business for myself is because I can then control everything. All right, And that's why a lot of people think they want to be in business, but then they lose their medical insurance, and then they lose this, and then they lose that. All these guarantees that you're given as an employee, those all go away. And people come to Landstar all the time looking for those. What is Landstar going to do this? No, Landstar's not going to do that. You should have stayed at your other fleet if you wanted that. You know, Landstar's just going to give you a load board and a password. That's it. Okay. And so you, um, it's it's up to you. And the, so, all the other services that Landstar provide are the trade. 
you you're know, paying you're, for that. You're tra- you're you're exchanging a portion of the revenue for the things that they provide you. It's it's a mentality. You know, you're you're to become successful in business, you have to escape the employee mentality, and you have to develop the employer mentality. You know, the small business person, the entrepreneur, the capitalist. You know, those all hats. And again, this is why a lot of people don't uh, understand why this is such a big decision because. You're not just buying a truck and doing the job that you're doing today in a truck that you own. You're doing the job for an employer that's you now, not whoever you were doing before. And all those things are provided by you now, not that person. You know, you're breaking those bonds. You know, you're throwing the chains away. You're getting away from the tit. And now it's just you, you know. You had to provide all that. That's that's why that's why nine out of ten people fail doing it. It's not the decision to buy the truck, although that's the biggest mistake they make. It's do you want to become an employer? Do you want to become a business owner? The guy before you want that freedom, okay? Okay, well here's here's what comes with that freedom. All this responsibility, all this accountability. And it's all on you now, nobody else. You're not going to come to Lanshorn and get it from them. You know, many, many people make that mistake. You know, they come to Landstar and they go, well, you know, I'm working for Landstar. No, you're not. You're working with Landstar. You're a business doing a business with Landstar. You're not, you work for you, okay? All we're doing is trying to illustrate this to you and give you a chance to gradually get to it over a year and a half, two years without being thrown to the wolves and having to answer all these questions yourself on day one. Does that make sense? Yep. Got another good one from Tom. Uh, your IFTA segment changed my perspective, and I went and discussed that with my owner-operator buddy, and he and I had a day-long argument about that. Listen. <laughs> uh, <coughs> bless your did heart. You, did you video it? Can we, yeah. we, we watch it? <laughs> yeah, because, man, people will, uh, pe- people will be passionately wrong about IFTA. Um, and, Stupidly wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you yeah. just have to say bless your heart, okay, and walk yeah. away, okay? Yeah. Yeah, because it, it's, you know, it, it's it's the most fought about, and as far as I'm concerned, easiest thing to understand, but people just fight to the death. Uh, you know, it's it's crazy. Well, it's because they don't want to be confused with the truth, okay? The facts. <laughs> I, I know how this works. No, please don't confuse me, okay? It's a lot like politics. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Mark says, I joined a free load board just for research. What's your take on running short haul? Seems like there's a lot of short haul opportunities and the rate looks good. Well, this is kind of the, the vocabulary there. I mean, that, you know, running short haul, what's that mean? You know, it probably means five different things, five different people. Um, you know, if you're wanting to stay close to home, um, then, you know, I'm sure, you know, you, you could, do do that what's called short haul you know so you're looking at you know three or four hundred miles or um but but again what what does short haul mean does it mean 50 miles does it mean 300 miles does it mean you know i go out and back you know i i don't know you know it's um what we do is we set a minimum gross number um right now it's seven thousand uh fourteen hundred dollars a day uh five loads and we book whatever makes that happen. Now, with the rates the way they are, you know, when like back in March, you know, we had to drop it down to about six thousand and twelve twelve fifty a day, 
Um, and, and it was difficult, you know, but once we got into the better rates, we kind of upped the minimum and we're, we're all hitting the minimum, you know, um, you know, easily doing 7,500 to 9,500. Um, so we don't have a problem hitting the minimum, but that's kind of the great thing about it. it. You, you figure out what your cost is, you figure out how much money you need and you go out and get it. However, long haul, short haul, OTR, uh, you know, doesn't really matter as long as you can hit those numbers. Here's would be my reply to that. I, I understand the long haul thing. I mean, I understand that it's nice not to have to bump a dock every day to be able just to drive, drive, drive. But here's the problem. I call it holding costs. Okay. The problem with long haul is that if it doesn't meet your daily revenue quota, you can't afford to take it. Okay. In our case, if it doesn't add up to 1400 bucks a day for however many days it takes you to haul it, we're not going to touch it because we can do better. We know we can do 1400 a day. We could probably do way more than that. We're doing a couple thousand dollars a day in most cases. Okay. Why would I want to get on a load that's going to take me three or four days and only pay half of that? You know, so, so it just depends on your, on your objective. If you're going to go in business and you want to maximize income, I don't think long hauls necessarily. But now if you're a, a, a team, that's a, probably a different story. But in, in normal general freight for a solo driver, you know, that's trying to maximize income, I, I don't think that that's going to be the way to go. Now, again, I can't speak to specialized. You know, I mean, I've got, listen, I know a lot of people at Landstar to make a lot of money drawing, going one way hauling oversized freight. But that's not everybody. And that's probably not people getting ready to, you know, we, again, we cater to people who are new and want to become owner operators and they weren't one yesterday. So, I mean, if you've got 30 years in the business and you want to become specialized, I, I don't have any advice for you there. But if you're going to go buy a truck and become an owner operator, I would not recommend you look at long haul freight unless it's going to pay what your daily and, and for you to establish what that daily rate is, is that you've got to decide what it is going to take. To, for you to make the money you want to make, you know. Now, look, there's people in this. The average owner-operator in this country makes about $67,000 a year, okay? We don't have anybody here that would make that in a year. No one. So if, if, that's, it, it, if that's what you want to make, I guess you could probably do whatever you want to. But I, we're teaching our guys to make $150,000 to $200,000 a year in their own truck, and you're not going to do that if you're not doing, if you're not getting your maxing up, maxing your daily revenue quotas. And so that's what we're teaching here. So that would probably knock most of the long haul stuff out. Yeah. IFTA has caused more arguments than Budweiser. <laughs> you're right. That'll preach right there. Um, <clears throat> I'm watching all the comments and there's a bunch of little side conversations going in here. Um, I, well, I'm going to put this up here just in case any, well, where'd it go? I just lost it. Uh, from Tyler, because this, I'm, I want to call Landstar and find out about this. It says, um, highly interested in coming to you to learn being an operator, which is what I want to do. Problem is the hazmat endorsement requirement as I'm deaf. I'm a two year driver, trainer, van reefer and blanket rep specialist. Can a deaf, deaf driver have success in that area? I don't have a clue. Uh, I know that there are, you know, are different kind of waivers and stuff. Um, but I don't know, and that's something I'm gonna I'm gonna look into because I just I have no idea. Why would hazmat if 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 you could get away for everything else, why would hazmat not be waived as well? 
I, I don't what, know. What, what about hazmat requires you to hear? Well, it, it I mean. <laughs> Listen, I know a lot of drivers that can hear but don't hear, okay? <laughs> right. You probably hear better than most drivers I deal with, all right? Right. So, yeah. Um, I don't know the answer. We, we can find out for you, and we will. Uh, we'll look into that. Uh, I do know that there's no waiver for you not to come. You can't come to Lancer and not be hazmat. Yeah. Whether or not we can get you hazmat as a deaf person, that's something we'll have to look into. So. Uh, this is Sharon. Uh, hey, Larry, Chris, this is Sharon. I guess Sharon. Here I spoke to Larry in December. I want to know if you guys are expanding your fleet in 21 since you guys filled all the business. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we have, we have we, trucks. We've we probably got one right now. We've, yep. we've probably got well, maybe two. We've probably got <clears> one or two that we could get have ready in the next couple of months. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now, understand it's a 30-day process to get you qualified. So, yeah. you know, if you're wanting to do this, don't wait until we have the opening because then you're going to be behind. So if you think you want to do this, what you need to do is go ahead and go on our website and fill out that little um, – it's not really an application. What do you call it, Chris? Form. Form. Just fill out a form, yeah. And we'll reach out to you, and then we'll need to get the process starting with you qualifying at Landstar. And all that just is preliminary, okay, because none of that obligates you. But if we don't get that out of the way, it, it, it's 30 days between the time you start that process and the time we can have you on board. So, But, yes, we do have one or maybe even two trucks available in the next couple months. Actually, we may have more than that because I've – I, we, we've got this program now where we're running other owner-operators' trucks that can't keep drivers. <laughs> and so we've kind of got um, some interest in, in other guys taking some of their trucks and us around them. So haven't really, you know, uh, yeah. haven't really pursued that because we hadn't needed it. But if we fill up what we got, we'll, we can definitely pursue that. So. So White Line says, I'll be honest with you guys. My operating cost is 95 cents a mile. What is your honest opinion on my overhead? That doesn't seem unreasonable. Mm-hmm. I mean, if that's, if that's everything, you know, here's my question would be, what, what of that 95 can you improve? You know, can you get better tires? Can you get better fuel mileage? Is, is there things that you can do? Um, you know, how can you bring that down? Really, it doesn't matter if it's $1.95 or if it's 95 Are there things that you can do? Um, to bring that cost down, you know, uh, but no, I don't... Nine, 95 cents is respectable, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're doing the best you can do. I mean, that, it may be. I don't know, but I'd have to look into the numbers. But, uh, I mean, like, are, are you maximizing your fuel, you know, savings? I and mean, are you doing everything you can to lower that? Because, I mean, just because you're getting good doesn't mean you quit trying. Uh, and, there, and and I would have to just see more in detail. But, yeah, I, that's that's certainly respectable. Um, I, when I when I was driving my truck, I, I was under a dollar, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I was make, I was I was paying out a dollar, and I was making a dollar. Yeah. Andrea, uh, just retired from law enforcement, looking to get my CDL, looked up Transport America, but they do not provide the CDL training. I may go to Prime, the Prime route get my year unless you can suggest a different option uh can i suggest a different option <laughs> well I, there may not be an issue with prime just do not lease a truck well, period well and i'm gonna go one more if you retire from law, for, for law enforcement i'm assuming that money is not your issue take the money out of your pocket and go to a neutral independent yep. certified qualified dry a cdl training course 
That way you're not obligated to any of these people, okay? I Listen, I love Transport America. I started out there, uh, and I, I get it. They don't do the training, but it's a great company to go to, you know, a uh, very, very good company to go to. But I do not recommend you do anybody CDL training that, 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 that is a trucking company, okay, because uh, you're, you're obligated to them, you know. I would rather see you pull the $6,000 out of your pocket, go pay, get it done, and then that way you can, you can take your skills wherever you want to take them. And uh, it's kind of like I feel about cell phones, okay. I don't do cell phone contracts, all right. I don't want to be obligated to anybody for two years. I go buy my phone at the Apple store and I take it where the hell I want to. I feel the same way about this, okay? Don't obligate yourself. Don't take all the, uh, don't keep your options open. And, um, and I, I, you know, I, I would encourage you to do it, but don't do it this way. So, and, and um, you're going to have to have a year experience. You know, um, you're going to, you're going to, listen, if, you, if you're retired from law enforcement, you're going to have to put a lot of blinders on and, and uh, take a lot of, uh, of legal opioids to get through this first year, okay? Um, but, but just grit your teeth and get through it. Keep your nose clean. Get one year in, preferably at the same place. And Transport America would be a great place, I want to tell you. They're a really, really, really good company to, um, to start out at, you know. And, um, and then after a year, get a hold of us, and we'll have you come here. And you'll be at Lancer in a little bit. The only thing I'll add to that is <clears throat> it just doesn't matter. You know, um, you can go anywhere, Swift, Schneider, uh, Prime, whoever. I, I agree with Larry. Go uh, pay for the the school. Find one close to you, um, you know, that, that's got some. Back when I did it in 97, I mean, there was no Internet to speak of. There was no ratings and reviews. I just... I answered an ad in a newspaper and drove to Nashville, and fortunately, it was a decent school. Um, but research the school, find a school that's the the you know the cheapest you can get it, pay for it. Now you've got a CDL. You know companies will beat your door down because uh, they're screaming. They're still screaming about this driver shortage, um, <clears throat> like they have been for twenty five years. But here's what I'm gonna tell you. Um, you, you kind of got to grow a pair when it comes to going to the company. So if you choose a company and you get there and they put you with a trainer that sucks, do not stay in that truck. Call that company and say, Hey, this person is an idiot. They're not teaching me anything. Um, I need a new trainer. Don't, don't worry about hurting anybody's feelings because you're there to learn. And if you get some sap sucker, that just wants to get paid all those extra miles for being a trainer and don't actually train people, tell them to kiss your ass and go get somebody else. Um, and then learn that system. They all have, a, you know, the basic same system. Most of them use the same software um, uh, for uh, the transportation management system. Uh, but just learn, do whatever it is they want you to do that will utilize your time as much as you can. And it just doesn't matter. You know, it just, one company to the next, um, you know. Well, so, let, me, let me add to that, though. Andrew, okay. whatever you do, there's very few things in the world you can make a statement saying never, never, never. This is one of them. No matter where you go, do not under any circumstances uh, let them talk you into leasing a truck from them. Absolutely never. Not. Period. Do not. Run. 
Okay, uh, that is not, and, and that's my concern about some of the ones we talked about here is they're in business to lease trucks, you know, and uh, the one you mentioned is a, is, a, is a really, really, really big one, okay? So um, just uh, avoid that at, what, at, at all costs. Do not let them talk you into leasing a truck, no matter how attractive they make it. Listen, you're in law enforcement. You're a smart enough person to read a contract. Read all 58 pages of it or take it to your attorney. And if he lets you sign that, get a new attorney. Okay? So. And the best salesmen that these companies have aren't the companies themselves. It's these idiot drivers. Right. Um, you know, that do it and say, oh, well, I mean, you know, you know uh, I, listen, I, here I had been an owner-operator at Landstar and, you know, basically had a nervous breakdown and broke the truck at the same time and went and drove for Swift for 30 days, right? So I'm I'm sitting out Little America in Flagstaff on a weekend doing a restart. And I walk inside and I talk to this trainer that was a lease operator at Swift. And I start asking basic questions, you know, because I'm just curious. And I'm like, well, what about fuel surcharge? And, and asking stuff that I already knew what it was. Dude, this guy didn't have a clue. And the fuel surcharge was like nine cent a mile. <laughs> I'm going, what? I mean, because I knew that at that time, the fuel surcharge that the customers were paying was like 40-some cents. And this poor sucker's getting like nine or 10 or 11 cents a mile fuel surcharge and thinks he's doing something. And I thought, Jesus, help. Andrew, let, uh, me, let me point out one more thing. I want to thank Tyler for reminding me of this. But listen, the company that you choose to train with, the the, the find out whether or not they dispatch that truck under training as a solo or as a team. Do not, do not train with a company that dispatches you as a, as a team while you're being trained. Okay. That is another big red flag to me. And I know for a fact that transport America does not do that. They dispatch a team with a train E in it as a solo and both drivers have to be in both seats at all times. You do not want to be in a train situation where your trainer's in the bunk and you're driving the truck. I saw uh, ask questions. Be careful. I saw a, comp- a comment here about WIOA uh, Workforce Innovation and Opportunity Act. Sounds like that. That I would look into stuff like that. Um, you know, there are there are programs and grants and you know all that kind of stuff uh, that may cover part of the cost or you know get you some kind of scholarship or you know just just Google search it. Um, you know, but but I agree with Larry. You just don't want to be beholden to a company because if um, you know it just I wouldn't do it. Uh, ask questions. Be careful. And the biggest question to ask is why. Why? Yeah. And just listen. And understand that recruiters are a lot like car salesmen. If their lips are moving, they're probably lying to you. Okay. So Yeah. Well well the old joke is how many how many trucking recruiters does it take to screw in the light bulb? The answer is none. They talk it into screwing itself. Um <laughs> Yeah. Well good luck uh, with that, Andrew. Keep, hey, stay, stay in touch. Let us know what you end up doing. I I'd like to hear what you yeah. do. So Good luck yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I never would have dreamed, you know, until we hired a driver, uh, recently oh, gosh. that basically yeah. didn't know how to read a map and, yeah. and a sharp guy, you yeah. know, yeah. 
Um, but he was like, one night wasn't that we didn't we we didn't talk about maps. And so coming from you know 1997 when there was no GPS, you know, and and you had a I had a paper map and I had an exit guide that I found in a truck stop, which was just awesome because it told me what was off every exit. Um, but I just I couldn't believe that. I just assumed, which we know what happens when you assume. I just assumed that they were still doing the fundamentals of of driving, but no, they no. Here's a GPS and and a Qualcomm and shut up, slave, and do what you're told. And because um, listen, it, you come here, it, the trip planning will put you down. You know, if, if you can't put all these loads together and make them fit and make them work. Um, that's, uh, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, it, it, it's, it can be a nightmare, you know, absolute nightmare because utilization is the key to, to success. And then the recovery, when something goes wrong, you have to turn on a dime, you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm thinking about this story. I had a driver, I had a load cancel. Agent called me, said the load canceled. All right. I know the driver's heading north on 83 up through Pennsylvania. So I jump on the board. I find another load. I call the driver. I said, where are you at? He said, I'm in York. I said, what mile marker? And he told me, I said, get off the next exit. And he was like, what? I said, get off the next exit. You're getting on 30 East. Your load canceled. I got you another load. Like, I mean, I caught him two miles before the exit. And I'm like, forget what you did before because that load's gone. Now, now get on 30 East. You're going to Philadelphia. You know, because it can, um, it can happen that fast. You know, and you got to be able to recover. Um, and and so, <laughs> I just can't believe these companies are not teaching this stuff. It's it's crazy. I uh, just thought about something, Andrea. If you're, I don't know if you're, listen, uh, a long time listener, but episode forty nine and fifty are my story of how I got started, and I got started at Transport America. So it might be worth you to go back and listen to 49 and 50. I don't think they're video. I think they're just audio. But I go into great detail about my um, beginnings at Transport America. So um, so I see this uh, fog line software. I have no idea what this is, so I can't comment on I've fog seen line it. software. I, 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 don't, I've seen I have no it. idea what it is. It, it's, it's a management tool that a, a guy developed for BCOs. It, it's okay. I mean, it, it it's okay. I I don't use it. Um, I'm I'm more accomplished in bookkeeping and accounting than I guess most. And I mean, there's nothing wrong with it by all means. Yeah. There's a there is a uh, there is a um, a sample, a trial, or something you can get and look at it. Um, it it's um, it, it's it's designed specifically for the Landstar system. I have nothing bad to say about it. It's just there's nothing. It it it's under it, it underutilizes my situation. I, it, it would be it would be difficult for me to yeah. use it. So. I used uh, profit gauges by Kevin. You know, um, I used yeah, that when I was. This BC. is more and than it, accounting system. It keeps up yeah. with a lot of the other things at Landstar. All the other things. I, 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 I have nothing bad to say about it. it yeah. I don't. I don't need it. I don't. I don't use it. But I mean, it, I, look into it. I don't know. Uh, let's see. So another comment here. Um, team driving. What do you think of team driving here at Landstar? I have done team at Landstar. 
Um, my best friend Zeke got in a truck with me uh, back in 2016 and uh, didn't last long. He had a family situation. He had to get out of the truck. Um, it goes back to what we were talking about before. There's the basic, um, there's the basic um, running freight, pulling a van, just just doing kind of the base level stuff, right? But if you go listen to um, our interview with Judy Byerly, um, uh, she talks about you know the the really specialized opportunities that are available to teams here, but it's not a traditional. You know, I ran team at Schneider, and I ran team at U.S. Express, and, you know, you just you run your 600 miles, and your driver runs 600 miles, and you run 600 miles, and your team driver, you know, you're just you're looking for miles. You want five, six, seven thousand 7,000 miles a week because you're getting paid on a mile. But it's different here. It's, it's uh, you know, it's obviously it's still revenue-based. It's, you know, we're a team. We, we need to make 1.5 times what a solo does minimum. Um, in order for it to work out and, and especially, you know, you need all the money going to the same house. But, um, a lot of these team situations at Landstar is very, very, very customer service oriented. You know, it's, it may be sitting around and all of a sudden somebody has a, a need, uh, uh, that, you know, Hey, the, the world is on fire. Um, I need, I need this load to go right now and I'm willing to pay anything, you know? And, uh, and and so the money opportunities for a really good dedicated team are just fantastic, you know. But again, it comes back to coming in, learning the system, pulling general freight, doing whatever you can do, and then you expose yourself to other opportunities. So, um, the yeah, you can you can do just about anything here. Ask me my opinion about team. <laughs> I know your opinion on things. You don't like First that. of all, if you're not uh, a couple or a unit or whatever, um, you know, it's pretty hard to stay in a six-foot square cell with somebody you don't know really, really well 24-7, 365, and teams don't usually – they have an average life of about three months. And then you're looking for another team member, and, you know, I, I don't know. It's um, – I couldn't do it. Chris did it for a while. But uh, I did it a few weeks ago, and I'm still recovering. Um, yeah, there you go. You know, had a driver broke down, and and he had just had like I don't know ten or twelve days before he had to go home for home time, and and I'm like, well, hey, let's just just jump in the truck with me. And, oh, I'm too old for that because that that was uh, <laughs> that was rough. I, I'm st I'm still not over it. Uh, okay, another uh, Gregory Thomas. How do you consistently get nine thousand revenue every week? Um, we look for loads that pay 1400 bucks a day. We try to, you know, we book loads that pay 1800 a day or 2200 a day or 3500 a day. And, you know, we, it, it's, it's, it, it's a lot of work, you know, I mean, yeah. that's, that's what I do. You know, I don't drive a truck, you know, I, I dispatch drivers, you know, my drivers. And so we do it through a lot of work. Watch, you know, I watch the low board all the time. We have relationships with lots of agents, and you know, we have regular freight that we do. That we know that if I get a load to here, I've got an agent. I can get a load from there. I mean, it's just it's. I've been here since 2012, so it's uh, nine years of experience, and um, and now we're up to nine trucks. So, 
you know, I, I get a lot of practice, you know, at doing it. But um, it's not, it's not easy, you know. And then the the other thing is to to do what we do. You have to stack loads. You cannot get this revenue and do one load at a time. It will never happen. And um, the easier the the farther out the loads are, the easier are to book. But they also are easier from the, easier for them to cancel. So you got to be able to jump in there and fix it when it happens, and not throw the baby out with the bathwater. So yeah. uh, that's the other thing you have to do. Is now we book out usually seven to ten days in advance, you know. And yes, loads cancel. Okay, I'm not going to sit there and tell you they don't. One or two loads that cancel every week, but that doesn't mean that the rest of the w- the tour that I booked just goes. You know, we throw it out. We just fix it. We we find something to fill in where it happened. You know. And we recover that as soon as possible. And the ability to do that and the um, the skills that it takes to do that is something that is you just have to acquire, you know. It's a problem-solving situation. We pride ourselves on being expert problem solvers. We try to teach our drivers to become expert problem solvers. That's just a problem. It has to be yeah. solved. And so, Now, getting $9,000 a week, March, April, and May in the middle of a pandemic, didn't happen. Didn't happen. We were you lucky know. to get six thousand dollars a week, and we went forty five hundred to six thousand dollars a week from March, April, May. Yeah, but we could make money at that. So, if we made money at that, imagine what we're making at nine thousand dollars a week. Yeah, but well, so, you know, you talk about well, I don't, you know, I can still make this, but look, we're, you you do this, you're doing this for the money. I'm I'm sure. I mean, I I look, if I didn't get paid, if the money stopped tomorrow, I'm I'm gone. I'm out. Okay, love you all, but I'm out. All right. So if you're going to do all this, you know, why not make the maximum money, okay? Right. So if you can lower your cost per mile to 95 cents a, a mile like this guy did earlier than that, and you're doing $9,000 a week, you're making a buttload of money right now, okay? Well, that doesn't mean you, 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 you quit doing all your cost saving. That doesn't mean you quit working on This is when you bank because there's going to be come a time when you're not going to bank. It's just a very cyclical business. It happens all the time. You, you got chicken one day, and you're going to have feathers the next day. And, oh, by the way, all of you guys that tell me how you can't save any money, guess what? The government just gave you a $600 savings account. So instead of spending it tomorrow, go start a savings account and put that money in there. And now you've got to start, okay? At 25 bucks a week, it'd take you six months to save that, and the government gave it to you last night. So no excuses about I don't have the money. I, all, all my money is obligated. You, didn't, you weren't getting this. You didn't know you were getting it. It's a gift. Put it away and save it. Quit spending it. Yeah. Uh, David Jones, will you take on any more owner-operators within your organization? We don't um, take on owner-operators. We don't take on owner-operators. We have worked with owner-operators, you know, to help them with dispatch and stuff like that, you know, to when they, when, you know, we, we've had people that have come and, and, uh, We'll help them get started, you know, with with dispatching for a fee. But you know, we we are we are a company that owns trucks that has them leased to Landstar. You know, we we are we are we do not have authority. We operate under Landstar's authority. Therefore, you can't bring a truck on to us. We have to bring it on to Landstar. Okay, so if you're going to bring a truck on, you might as well go straight to Landstar. Now, I will work with you on a consulting basis and a mentoring and a dispatching basis, fee-based. 
but you can't really come to Blue Ribbon and do that. You would have to go to Landstar, become a BCO, and then I would you can you could contract with me to um, to coach you. Yeah. Uh, let me see. There's any more comments? Well, I'm looking at this thing. He said any more operators. He didn't say owner operators. I'm assuming you mean that you're bringing a truck with you. When, with all that answer we just gave you is assuming that you're bringing a truck with you. If you're talking about coming here and, and operate one of our trucks, yes, we have one or two trucks available right now. Oh, <laughs> are you taking any more? I, see, I put a word in there that didn't even exist. I noticed that. <laughs> are you take? Yes, we will. Um, yeah, so we certainly will. Um, Go to the website. There's a yeah. form there to fill out that will generate a response from us, and we'll reach out to you and set up a Zoom interview. Yeah, drive4blueribbon.com, fill out the form, uh, click on Drive for Us, and there's a form there, and it's your name and uh, information, and we'll set up and do a Zoom, inter in Zoom interview with you, and we'll talk about it. Let me go ahead and put our email addresses up here. I'm Chris at Blue Ribbon Logistics. He's Larry at Blue Ribbon Logistics, and um, so send us an email, you know, reach out to us, and and if you're interested in driving, fill out that form, and, you know, we'll, we've got a little process we can go through there with you. Um, let's see. Any more comments? Uh, if Listen, if you're interested in coming here, though, do yourself a favor. Go back and listen to our podcast starting at about 49, okay? Go as many as you can. All your questions will get answered in those first 10 or 12 podcasts. I, I, I promise you. And then you'll ha you'll have a better idea of what we do here. If you if you're a new listener, now if you've been with us for the past year, then you probably are listening to that. But um, there's a little homework there you could do, and probably yeah. have a little better understanding of what we do here before you you do that. So I'm gonna put this up here. Cause Tyler said, "Chris, you finished that book you're working on." That wasn't me. That was him. So now this this that's a good motivator to get Larry working on his book to finish it. Well, I, it, I'm working on it, okay? I'll have to say, though, this, this has been a tough year, and I've sort of slacked. My, here was my deal. I was trying to get it done for the truck show in March. I was busting my ass trying to get it done because I wanted to release it in March at the truck show. Well, that got canceled. And, by the way, the one next year has already been canceled. So I, I kind of lost my, um, my uh, uh, whatever, you know. The, but I, 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 I've got a lot of it done. I, I got bogged down in some of my deal and – so what I need to put together now is basically just the business model, and and um, um, I, I'll I'll I'm I'll keep working on it. Well, I I'll mean, it, let's so. be honest. In your in your defense, starting about March, you're making a hundred phone calls a day trying to beg for loads. So, you know, I mean, it, it was it was just. And then we grew. Then we doubled the size of the fleet this year. So. It's not like I don't have anything to do, but uh, I do I do want to finish it. I do think it's something that I would enjoy doing, and hopefully you guys will enjoy reading it. After all, we do have a 1,000 subscribers now, so that's a mile mark that I didn't think I'd ever see. But I still think y'all are nuts, but I'm glad you're listening. But um, anyway. Yeah. Well, and that's, you know, we do this obviously because it generates profit. I mean, you know, like he said, if the money goes away, we're not doing this anymore. But the, we do this podcast. We put the time that it takes into it. We we bring people to give them this opportunity, the, the opportunity I wish I would have had. 
you know, I mean, think about back in 2010, my mindset was I'm making $800 a week and it's not going to get any better than this unless I go buy a truck. That was incorrect. There were places then and there are places now that you can go um, and increase your income um, in some way, specialize yourself, uh, do something to make yourself more valuable so you can make that extra money you need to make to save up the money that, that you want to, to buy the truck. But you can come here and we do this to create this opportunity to knock down a bunch of these barriers so that when you do buy that paid-for truck, you've got all the other stuff knocked out. You know how to build the relationships. You know how to work the system. You know how to book loads. You know how to do all that stuff. Now you just start putting the money in your own bank instead of Larry's, you know. So that's that's why we do this. And, um, you know, I've always the, – the whole reason that I started the podcast back in 2015 – was because I had to learn all this stuff on my own. There was nobody. I mean, Kevin Rutherford helped me a lot, but there was still a lot of stuff that Kevin couldn't or, you know, or didn't or what, you know. He's one guy. Um, He helped me a lot. But uh, I wanted to to try to knock down some of those barriers for people um, because there was nobody there to do it for me. And that's, that's why we're doing this, so. Well, we've gone an hour and a half. We've answered a bunch of questions. We've talked about 2020. I think that's a good place to wrap it up. Um, so we will be back about another week or so. We've got a new driver coming on next weekend, so we might try to get a uh, get another podcast in there. So send us an email. Reach out to us. Fill out the form on the website. And uh, I've, that's all I've got. There, you good to go? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, with, I, you know, we started out with wrapping up 2020, but I think 2021 is going to be, I hate to say this, jinx it like we did last year, but, <laughs> you know, the rate, the projections are, are rates Q1 and Q2 are going to still stay where they are right now. And and then after that, the rates typically go up anyway, you know. So I think it's going to, I think the prospect is good for people to make a lot of money in this business next year, you know. And, uh, but just look, come do it the right way. Even if you don't come here, do it, do it like we're telling you to do it. And, um, and, uh, you know, look, we, we've got, uh, we, we've got some openings here we can, we can handle. We're also very much interested in working with people who, who want to, who, who want to do it on their own, but need the coaching. We can do that as well. And so that's probably something we're going to develop more this year than we have in the past is reaching out to other people that aren't necessarily driving for us per se, but, um, but we can, we can still coach and keep you from making the mistakes that most people remember nine people out of 10 who do this for the first time fail. Don't be one. It's, it's just, it's just a, a series of decisions. You know, take the time, do the homework. We're giving you everything. We give you everything. You know, all you got to do is internalize it and use it and, and ask for help. We'll help you. So, um, anyway, have a great year, everybody. We'll keep doing this. And, uh, I think 2021 crossing our fingers. You know, I think it's going to be good. Yeah. Look forward to All having right. this a year from now and seeing how we how it worked out. So. Yeah. All right. See you all next time. All right, man. See you.